The invitation song this evening will be number 626. 626. Before I walked up here, there were about four sets of cards left back there. That's great. It's wonderful. So if you weren't here this morning, we're giving out sets of cards. There's ten names and ten cards. Put the names on the cards. Put stamps on the cards. Send them out. And we're going to reach people three times this way this year. Now, I've already ran into some problems. I said I took out all the businesses. One sister said, well, there were three businesses on my cards. And I, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I missed that one. But uh, if you have a business or one that's blank or you just have nine names or eight names, pick a family member or a friend and send them the card and go ahead and address it and send it anyway. Okay? There's a very important word that all Christians know. All Christians know this word. That's what we're doing the first Sunday nights of the month. We're looking at word studies, different words in the New Testament that we can study and know more about. But every Christian knows this word, and anyone who wants to be saved from, from certain death should know this word. I want to tell you why this word is so important. I want to tell you why this word is a word that we should know but before we discuss this word, I want to remind you of two different groups of people in this audience, two different groups of people, one of which you will identify with. This vital word that we're going to study, this vital word that you will identify with is the word baptism. Why is baptism so important? Well, these two groups I'm going to talk to, one of which you're in, are those who have been baptized and those who have not been baptized. And you may be sitting beside someone who has been baptized, and you may be sitting beside someone who has never been baptized. Baptism is important because it is commanded, because of the examples that are found in the New Testament. And baptism is important because of its significance to mankind. And in this audience, there are those who have been baptized and there are those who have not been baptized. And as we'll see, there is a correct biblical way to be baptized and then there will are all the rest of the ways, incorrect baptisms that perpetuate our land. Those who have been baptized correctly come to this sermon with a different point of view than those who have never been baptized or have been baptized correctly. If you were never baptized correctly, well then you were never baptized. If you find out that you were never baptized, if you find out tonight that you are lost in your sins, what will be your response? It's the hope of this congregation that your response will be favorable toward baptism. When we look at Christ's command to be baptized in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, 
I want you to try as I read the passage to pick out three sets of people who are commanded to do something. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, before He goes to sit at God's right hand, commands the disciples here in Matthew 28 to baptize and to teach. God commands all men to the end of the age to baptize and to teach. We are commanded to teach. We are commanded to teach. That teaching and baptism are necessary. We are commanded to teach that teaching and baptism are necessary. We are all in this room commanded to be baptized. And we are commanded to teach that baptism is a command. In another gospel account, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, the importance of baptism as a command is highlighted once again. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Obedience to the one gospel is in the next verse. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Again, the command to be baptized. I was told by one of my instructors in preaching school, Phil Sanders, I was told by him in preaching school that the word baptized or baptism or baptize is a Greek word. For those of you who don't know Greek, you're just fooling yourself. You know Greek. You say this word a lot, don't you? This is a Greek word made to be an English word. Those who translated the King James Bible in the 1600s had to contend with a king who had his own views about baptism. Thus, instead of translating this Greek word, baptizo, they anglicized the word that means to immerse, to submerge, to dip. The word was used among the ancient Greeks to signify the dyeing of a garment, that you would submerge or dip the whole garment into the vat of dye, submerging it to make it all one color. The ancient Greek philosopher Plato, before the times of the New Testament, used the word metaphorically of being overwhelmed. We have a book in our library entitled Baptism in the Early Church. It's a very scholarly work by Brother Ed Everett Ferguson who quotes Greek play after Greek play after ancient writing. He even quotes Aesop's fables where the word baptism is used and the word is always used as immersion, a drowning, a sinking, an overwhelming, a bathing, a swimming. It's always used in those contexts. Not in a sprinkling. When John stood in the desert, he called for his followers to be baptized. He wasn't telling these Jews something they had never heard of before. He wasn't telling them anything they didn't know. According to Brother Ferguson's book, a Gentile who wanted to become a Jew had to go through three steps. The first step was circumcision. 
The second step was immersion. The third step was sacrifice. You could not become a Jew without doing those three things. But to become a Christian, only one of these remained. Only one of these remained because in Christ, Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with Him in baptism. When we were baptized, we were circumcised and there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. We no longer have to have the blood of bulls and goats. To cover our sins. Paul wrote, Only in Christ do we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We are commanded to be baptized. And that's how we get into Jesus. That's how we come in contact by obeying the command. It's how we come in contact with Jesus' saving blood. You know, when I, and, and I could stop the sermon right here. I could stop the sermon and Jimmy could give the invitation song. Enough said, really. Enough said. Just by the very fact that the New Testament commands us to be baptized, we should obey it. We should obey it. Surely I have belabored this point long enough. Surely you understand the importance of baptism. Surely you understand. Because you've been commanded to be baptized on this basis alone, you cannot be saved without being baptized. Some might say, well, I was baptized. Well, were you baptized correctly? If you were not correctly baptized, well, then, as we said at the beginning, you weren't baptized. Baptism is important because it's commanded. Yes, baptism is important. But also because of all the examples in the Bible. And these examples show us correct baptism. Look at these examples in the Bible. And see if you were baptized in the same way as our examples in the Bible. In Acts chapter 2, Peter told the crowd in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, to be baptized. Did they obey? Well, look at what it says in verse verse 41. Then those who gladly received His word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. The souls were added after they were baptized. You need to know this. Because if you were not baptized like this, then you were not added to the church. Because it says in Acts chapter 2 verse 47, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In Acts chapter 2, these were the beginning. These were being saved and added because they had been baptized. And you may still, I hope not stubbornly, but you may still stubbornly say, but I was baptized. Well, if you were taught incorrectly 
about baptism. Well, you just got wet. You were not taught the truth. So, you couldn't obey the truth. If you were never taught the truth, you couldn't obey the truth. You can't be taught a lie and obey the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, that the truth would set you free. And if you were taught something else about baptism, like it's an outward sign of an inward grace, or if you're unsure, if you're unsure about what you were taught, about the reason or the teaching, I'm telling you the truth right now. You need to be baptized. I'm telling you the truth. I'm showing you the Scriptures. You need to be baptized. If you're unsure or you weren't taught correctly. Notice the example in Acts chapter 8, verse 38. The Ethiopian, he was taught when Philip fulfilled the command to go and teach. The man was taught or he wouldn't have known what to ask for. He wouldn't have known to be, to be baptized. He wouldn't have known to even ask to be baptized. He confessed the name of Jesus and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. And notice the next verse, it's, it's very important, Acts chapter 8 verse 39. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Notice the eunuch rejoiced after he was saved, not before. The eunuch was saved after he was baptized. It was then that he was rejoiced. He had been taught correctly. He had been baptized correctly. And guess what? As you see, he behaved correctly. But you still may say, but I was taught by people who loved me. They would never have taught me something that was not right. Well, look at our next example in Acts chapter 9. Saul, who became Paul, he grew up a Jew, very zealous for God. And in Acts chapter 9, Saul was on his way to, to persecute Christians. He knew he was right. He had a zeal for God, Philippians chapter 3, verse 6. He wanted to please God. He thought that to please God, what he needed to do was persecute and take care and get rid of all those who were followers of Jesus Christ. But he was wrong. He was another, of another belief system. He was of another worldview, And he was wrong. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and blinded him. And, and a man named Ananias was told to go to him. And Ananias said, Just call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. No. No. That's not what Ananias said to him. Paul recounts in Acts chapter 22 verse 16 what Ananias said. Ananias said, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. You who have not been taught correctly, you may have been jealous. Excuse me, you may have been zealous for your religion, you may be zealous for your denomination. But if baptism has not been included in a correctly taught plan of salvation, your religion is false. I'm sorry that it's me that's got to break it to you. What you obey 
shows if you love God or not. John chapter 14, verse 26. If you love God, you'll obey me, Jesus said. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Right is not wrong, and wrong is not right. Look at the example of the businesswoman, Lydia, in Acts chapter 16. Seller of purple. She worshipped God, Acts chapter 16, verse 14. And the Lord, it says, says, opened her heart to what Paul was saying. Notice verse 15. And when she and her household were baptized. If you don't see the connection here, well, your heart is not open to the word of the Lord. Notice in verse 15, she asked the disciples to judge her faithful after she was baptized. Not before, after she was baptized. If you can come to me and say, I was saved before I was baptized, well, the Scriptures, not me, the Scriptures judge you. Time will not allow me to tell you of Acts chapter 18, verse 12, the Sumerians. Acts chapter 16, verse 33, the Philippian jailer. Acts chapter 18, the Corinthians. But, but one more example. If you would please turn to Acts chapter 19. The Ephesian disciples were, who were not baptized correctly were baptized again by Paul into Christ. And if you turn your... Keep your finger in Acts chapter 19. You turn over to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul writes a letter to these Ephesian disciples. Those in Ephesus who were Christians. He says to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. They were saints and faithful in Christ because Acts chapter 19 Verses 1 through 5, they were baptized into Christ. Baptism is important because it is commanded. Because of the numerous examples that are, that are in the Bible. And baptism is important because it is significant. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says that we are baptized into Christ. Christ only has one body. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. The body of Christ on this earth is the church. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. You have got to be baptized into Christ to be saved, to get into the body, to enter salvation, to be added to His church. His body. The church is Christ's body. You're baptized into Christ. We read this morning in 1 Corinthians class, in 1 Corinthians 15, Baptism is a must. You must be in Christ Jesus because, as we read this morning, that's who He's coming back after, those in Christ. It's only those in Christ who will be resurrected from the dead. That's another significance of baptism. Baptism is a burial of the old, the dead, and a resurrection of a new man. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. If you obeyed God correctly, you were buried with Him in baptism in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. To be baptized correctly, one is buried in water and like Christ is raised. A new man. 
Is there some magic in the water? Is there some magic in the water that causes one to go from lost to saved? No. God demands obedience. And if you love God, you will obey Him and put Christ on in the waters of baptism. Just as we read, those in Christ will be part of God's will be part of the glorious resurrection. Why is baptism important? Well, because it is commanded. Baptism is important because it's commanded, and so is the teaching of it. That's why I stand here today telling you about baptism because I've been commanded to do so. Baptism is important. Why? Well, baptism is important because if you believe the Bible, now I know everyone in this room does, if you believe the Bible, then the examples alone should be enough to convince you. Why is baptism important? Well, because of its significance. Without baptism, one cannot get into Jesus Christ. The church, a burial in water that does not clean the flesh, 1 Peter 3.21, but saves. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? What will you do with the answer that's roaming around in your head right now? Won't you come and be baptized today as we stand and sing?